Two weeks from today, it's going to be a busy day around here. We're going to start it off with our sunrise service on Easter Sunday. And then, of course, we'll have uh, the guys will be making a wonderful breakfast for us after that. And then we'll come back a little bit later when there'll be more people than normal here. Lots of excitement, lilies smelling up the place, uh, folks dressed in their finery. And most importantly, on that day, we will baptize some of our young people. Of course, we call that day Easter Sunday. And that is the most important day of the church year. And the reason why is because without Easter Sunday, we none of this would matter. I hope you're here for that day. I hope you invite somebody to be with you on that day. I hope, too, that you'll come next week. Now, next week's going to start off with a great celebration. We're actually going to have a parade of palms coming down the aisle. And then... We're going to hear, once again, the words, the last words of the life of Jesus, his crucifixion and his burial, and we'll leave him in the tomb next Sunday. Well, today, though, we're not quite at that moment yet, although Jesus begins to hint that that day is coming in our reading today. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Throughout the book of John, several times in John, uh, Jesus has said, my hour has not yet come. Well, now he says, my hour has come. The time is now. The Son of Man will be glorified. And when Jesus, when John, when Jesus talks about being glorified, he references his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to glory with God. Jesus knows that the time is at hand. Now our text begins today with some, says some Greeks, some Gentiles, have come to the festival, to the Passover celebration. Now these people, these men, I guess they're men, they have come to Jerusalem as Greeks. They are converts to Judaism. They weren't born Jewish, but they have converted to Judaism. So they have come into Jerusalem for the festival, and then they ask... To see Jesus. Sir, they say to Philip. Philip was one of Jesus' followers. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Now, we never know why they want to see Jesus. Perhaps they wanted to see Jesus because maybe they had heard about his astounding teachings. And they wanted to hear some of that for themselves. Maybe they'd heard about some of his miraculous healings and was hoping to find out more about that. Or maybe they were hearing how Jesus was upsetting the Jewish and, and political leaders, and they liked that maybe. So maybe they wanted to hear more about this rabble-rouser. Or maybe, maybe they're skeptics. They don't believe any of this stuff they've heard. And they want to go and they want to poke holes in the things that Jesus says and done or does. Or maybe they're just bored. They want to see something different for a change. All we know is that they want to meet Jesus. They want to encounter Jesus. They want to know Jesus in some sort of a way for whatever reason. Now realize that we cannot see Jesus 
But in John's gospel, John often uses words in multitudes of ways. The word see is one of them. It can mean see like physically see, but it can also mean see in the sense of knowing. Why might we want to see Jesus? Why might we want to know Jesus? What might we want from Jesus? Perhaps we might just want to be with Jesus, to sit in His presence, to have Him guide us on the way to go in life. Maybe we just would want to see Him so that He can show us His example of how to live in this crazy world that we're living in. Or maybe we want something from Jesus. Maybe we want to be healed of something that is tearing us apart. Maybe we just want an easier way to live life. Maybe we want Jesus to do some good favor for us. Or maybe, and I'm just being honest here, maybe we really don't have any expectation of wanting anything from Jesus. Because really we don't think that Jesus can do anything for us anyway. I mean, Jesus, yeah, we believe in Him, but Jesus is far away. He has nothing to do with our everyday life, really, does He? So we really don't, we don't think about wanting anything from Jesus. In effect, He's pretty irrelevant to how we live every day. Now, we never do read whether these Greeks that come, to Jesus, that come to Philip actually get to see Jesus. We don't know if they saw him or not. But we know right away from how Jesus responds to their request that if we ever want to meet Jesus, we have to meet him at the cross. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Of course, we would all much rather focus on the joy and the celebration of Easter. Who wouldn't? On the notion of resurrection and new life. But Easter is never possible without Good Friday, without the cross. The fruit of new life can only take place after the seed dies. But what does that mean? What does that mean that the seed has to die, that Jesus has to die before there's any fruit that comes? What does the cross mean? This week I read a, a very powerful commentary on the cross. It's, it was written by a lady named Debbie Thomas. She's a minister in somewhere out west, I think in Seattle or somewhere like that. And the, the site is called Journey with Jesus. I get that blog every week. And here's what she said about the cross. God died. Jesus willingly took the violence, the contempt, and the hatred of this world and absorbed them all into his own body. He chose to be the victim, the scapegoat, the sacrifice. He refused to waver in his message of universal love and grace and liberation, knowing full well that that message would cost him his life. He declared solidarity for all time with those who are abandoned, colonized, oppressed, accused, imprisoned, 
beaten, mocked, and murdered. He burst open like a seed so that new life would grow and replenish the earth. He took an instrument of torture and turned it into a vehicle of hospitality and communion for all people everywhere. He loved and he loved and he loved all the way to the end. He loved and he loved and he loved all the way to the end. And then, and only after that, on Easter Sunday, God raised that crucified and killed Jesus from the dead. And from that dead seed burst forth new life. And that new life proclaims that the way of Jesus, the way of love, wins. It's a way of love for all people. It's a way of love for us in our hardest times of life. It's a way of love for all of those who face heartache in this life. And while no one will ever be able to grasp the full significance of the cross, the one thing we can say about it is that the way of Jesus, the way of love, wins. And all of us who would follow in that way, we're called to live in the same way. Jesus says in the very next verse, those who lose their life, who, wait, those who love their life will lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Those who will cling to their life will lose it. When I read that verse this week about clinging, grabbing a hold of life, I thought of something I had read in my Mark Nepo book that Belinda gave me. And I read it several weeks ago, so I forgot most of it. But it's called a monkey trap. Now, Ben, did you get the video? And I want us to watch this. One, so I won't have to sit and talk the whole time. But also, hopefully, it'll make some sense to you. First, he laboriously drills a hole in a giant ant heap when he is sure a baboon is watching him because he knows baboons are incurably inquisitive. Next, he puts some wild melon seeds into the hole and works them in so that they drop into a hollow. Then he saunters off knowing the baboon is burning with curiosity. The baboon doesn't trust that human being at all, so he plays it cool but he's dying to know what gives in that confounded hole. Finally, Mr. Inquisitive can't take it any longer. He's got to know what's in there. He reaches in, grabs a fistful, and now his hand's too big to come out. If he had the sense to drop the seed, he could free his hand. Now he lets go when it's too late. I'm sure they're going to become friends now. Did you notice what happened? The monkey knew that there was something in there that he wanted. And, I, and I, in reading other examples of it, uh, it's a glass jar where the monkey can actually see the yummy stuff. 
and the jar is like tied to a tree. And the monkey goes and, and got, he can put his hand in there, but then when he grabs it, he can't get his hand out. He's trapped. I thought of that image when I read this text, that those who love their life, those who cling to their life will lose it. What is it that we want to cling to in our lives? We want to control it. When we allow things like our desire for power or money, our desire to control, our greed, our apathy and indifference, whenever it's about me that I want to grab a hold of and not let go of, we lose our life. Life loses all its meaning. Then it says those who hate their life. Now that doesn't literally mean hate. That means to reject that way that grasp a hold of life and will not let go. Instead, it's about letting go of that life, giving up control, and allowing the way of Christ to guide our life. The way of Christ, which is the way of love, and the way of love wins. What does that mean? It means a way that loves and loves and loves all the way to the end. It means seeing those who need to be loved and then loving them just as Jesus loves us. It means keeping our hearts and our lives open to other people because we are people who seek to love just as Christ loves it means standing up for those who don't have voices that will be heard by the people in power because that's what Jesus did. It means forgiving those of us. It means forgiving those who have harmed us because that's what Jesus did. It means resisting the temptation to make our stuff and our status in me more important than other people because that's what Jesus did. It means recognizing that God is in control and we are not because that's what Jesus did. It means to live lives of love because that's what Jesus did. He loved and He loved and He loved all the way to the end. May that be said about us as well. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Anna.